Hi, it's me, Anya, and welcome back to Cozy Room Podcast. Hey guys, it's Artie. Welcome back to Cozy Room. Womb, girl. Womb, girl. <laughs> hey parents, teachers, uh, parents-to-be. This is Cozy Room Podcast. My name is Shan. I am the mama of the girls. And this is a podcast where I talk about parenting and I talk about ways to be a better parent. If you think this is a podcast for you, go ahead and continue to listen. And if you think someone else can listen to this podcast and benefit, go ahead and share it. Thank you for checking out Cozy Womb Podcast. This is a special episode. Welcome to Cozy Womb. This is a podcast about parenting and being better with kids. Today, we have a special guest, the author of There's a Yeti in My Tummy, Meredith Russo. Okay, you're in for a good show. She has worked on over 50 books, different characters, some with Disney, some that have made it to film, some that are short stories, some that are uh, the best picture books, some that are classics, and she loves writing picture books. She is also a mom of two boys, and she understands with experience, and that's what we like. That's what I like, okay? So we got to welcome Meredith. So... (laughs) It's going to be a good show. If you are into children's books or you're interested in writing children's books or you just want to know more about her and what she has coming up, please stay tuned because I've been doing my research and I am very much impressed. I love that she got to witness the process of publishing and editing before she became an author. So we're going to learn a bit more about her, but don't forget to check out her own website, MeredithRusso.com and check her out on IG, Meredith Russo Writes. Let's get into it. Welcome to Cozy Moon Podcast. We're good now. So welcome to Cozy Moon Podcast. Um, I am Thank a mom- you. <laughs> I, you're welcome. I am a mom of two, like you, mm-hmm. but I have girls. Yes. So, so it's a bit different. But I'm sure you're needed just as much as me. Um, <laughs> every minute of every day. <laughs> yeah. So today was a pretty uh, easy day compared to all my other days. They had a dentist appointment. Okay. Um, and then we just been hanging out all day. And I was like, I have to make it back on my side by six. That was are you goal. Are you on the East Coast or are you a different time zone? I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Georgia. Okay. okay. But I'm yeah. like... I want to say 10 minutes out of Atlanta. So if you don't get out of Atlanta at a certain time, you're stuck. Yes. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, I got to get on that side by six o'clock. So it's cool. Everything's set. But um, yeah, I've been podcasting since 2018. And you would be my second author that I had on. Because I was was like, I feel like I had an author on, and it was my best friend, Milani Malik. Um, She had did a a children's book about a lion and having (laughs) confidence. And I was like, okay. I said, okay. So she would be my second author on the show. So I'm super excited. I'm glad I have you on here. She has great information on her website so if you go to meredithrusso.com all of the fat questions 
that you would like to know about her and her work and how she got started are on there, where you can find her, where you can find her other books, and the links are available on the website. So please check it out. And again, I will put everything you need in the show notes. So let's just get into it. During the pan, like, you know, during the pandemic, especially when I was home with the boys, mm-hmm. 20, all, all day, every day. Me too. <laughs> yes. I got to see like everything up close and personal. And now they were these little preschool kids, like preschool yeah. people, individuals with very big feelings. And so that was how I first came up with the idea for there's a Yeti in my tummy mm-hmm. because um, at the time... I like, you know, my, my, old, my older son, Matthew, you know, bo- both of them, both Matthew was five and Luke was three yeah. and they're just stomping around the house and roaring around the house and running around the house. That's, <laughs> and it's so funny because your age difference is the exact age difference of the girl. I feel like it's a lot of age difference, similar, like, you know, you, you feel like, okay, two years, I've got this. And then you have two and you're like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> Like, okay. I don't got this. <laughs> like, I thought they were going to mesh so well together. And it's it's sometimes, and then there's sometimes where they need to be separated into different spaces. Mm-hmm. But also, the pandemic did make you see, oh, now I see what their teachers were saying. Or now I see the, all of their behavior that I didn't get to see all day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where and and you're trying to like you know manage it as a parent, but it's very different managing. I'm sure you've seen managing managing the kids as a parent versus what the teachers are able to sometimes get them to to do mm-hmm. or to listen to. It's too. It's it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Just because my te- the te- their teacher is able to get them to sit and listen to a story doesn't mean that I can. Right. <laughs> um. So I had I'd been. It's funny because I remember when I started working on the book. Like Matthew was one of the only things he was allowed to do mm-hmm. was like bounce a tennis ball around on a racket, like at the public courts. It was like the only thing. The playgrounds were closed. Yeah, everything was closed. Yeah. So he was there, like you know, messing around with a tennis ball, and I was sitting there typing, and I'm like, I think this is a really good idea. I feel mm-hmm. I like it. Just kind of, it, it just was so easy to write once yeah. I had the idea in mind that I wanted, I, I knew that I wanted, had this creature. It, it full just, it started out as a dinosaur because I was like, Oh, he's like a little dinosaur. Right. <laughs> and it evolved into a Yeti because of a variety of reasons. The Yeti was more fun. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there are less Yeti books than there are dinosaur books. <laughs> and, um, it just, it was really easy to just kind of like, you know, write it all out and be like, uh, all these things I'm seeing every day, the sneezes, um, cause in the book he, um, uh, he, he sneezes, like, you know, he sneezes because he's got a Yeti in his nose because right. it's this big loud sneeze and kids like, they don't care. They're just going to sneeze right. all over everyone. And, um, like in the book when he's not sure if he's brave enough or, or good enough to kick the kickball, something that my son will do is he'll like act out in a big way to kind of mask the insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so he's like going to whack it with his butt because it gets a lot of laughs and it also makes him feel strong. Right. And so that was, it just, it, I was just writing stuff that I had seen him do or things that I like, you know, I could imagine him doing Mm -hmm. and 
that was how, yeah, it just, it just was really easy to, it, the, the manuscript was really easy to get down on paper. And then it went through a lot of changes and edits as we were trying to like, you know, get it made into a real book and get, uh, get it acquired. Mm-hmm. And but, that's perfect because <laughs> a lot of how kids mask their embarrassment or their unsureness is by making things funny or messing up on purpose. So mm-hmm. Nobody has to see them really try and mess up. And my girls do that too. Um, If I ask Anya to do something, she'll purposely go overboard. Yeah. Just to see what's going to happen. And then she'll actually try probably like the third time. (laughs) And so it's just, just like, okay, kids do different things to find their comfort level. Or when kids are frustrated. You know, they make weird noises like, what was that? So I'm yep. just like, that is relatable to something being monstrous or bigger mm-hmm. or or not of the norm. And I like the fact that instead of doing dinosaurs, you chose something way different to mm-hmm. basically set yourself apart. Because if I went into, you know, a bookstore and I'm just like, I'm looking for a book, um, dinosaurs, all these lists of dinosaur stuff versus... If it's a Yeti, how many books of a Yeti are there? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and it's those little things that really make a book or a character stand out mm-hmm. that really help even kids remember, no, I want the Yeti book. And I mean so much so much of it too. I mean, because I I mean the words are the words are the are where it started, but like the illustrations that Martin yes. Ron came up with, I mean, he just he just fun. got it. Like yeah. he he was he was like one the first person that we reached out to and he um I don't know, he said that he's got he has kids same age and I was he just made it so fun and playful and that's what it's supposed to be because when when they're acting out, even though it's really frustrating in the moment, they're yeah. not they're not trying they're not always trying to be bad right they're trying to like if they see that something gets a laugh then they're gonna go bigger and bolder because they think they can get a bigger and bolder laugh right they don't have the awareness yet that you know just because just because something was funny once doesn't mean it'll be funny 12 times Mm -hmm. and something i really wanted to do within the book because you know it's when you're in the moment when the when the boys are are like you know like wrestling with one another or 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 just you know, really going overboard and not settling down in the moment. It's so hard to like, keep your calm. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, let me, like, let me excuse myself and then come back. Okay. Now <laughs> I can tell you your bedtime story. It's like, I just need you to put your socks on. Uh, right. But, <laughs> right. But I wanted to get across like two major things. It's like, one was that I was finding so much, like after the boys were down, my husband and I would commiserate and we're like, even though it was so hard, you, you laugh. You laugh mm-hmm. about a lot of it because it's just, it's, you, it's stuff you can't even make up. Yeah. And the other thing is that I loved seeing when uh, both my sons were being brave, were being big, were being bold. I just wanted them to kind of, of course, as a parent, channel that mm-hmm. into something productive. And so in the story, the whole idea that the teachers and the parents are much more patient than I ever have been. <laughs> Much okay. more. In stories, it's so easy. Like when you're watching Bluey, you're like, "Huh? Right. If only my kids do what the what right. they're doing in Bluey." Right. But 
Um, I wanted to be able to like, you know, have this story that parents could share with the kids and the kids are laughing, but the parent can be like, sometimes you have a Yeti in your tummy, don't you? Right. Maybe next time we feel the Yeti coming out, we could like, you know, help our sibling build that block tower Mm -hmm. or we could help mommy clear the dishes rather than scattering the napkins and Mm -hmm. making a mess with the crumbs and running out of the room. (laughs) Like even today we went to the park and they had like the spinny toy where you have to spin it and the person's supposed to be in the middle and use their body weight. Mm-hmm. And Arya's the small one. Mm-hmm. Anya's the bigger one. And Anya's always having Arya do the work. And Arya's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to spin you. <laughs> and then she calls her from across the park. Anya, it's my turn. Come spin me. Anya's like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I'm just like, Anya, she spins you twice and you're heavy. Go ahead and do it for her one time. And it's just yeah. like, the energy is not matching. It's like, all the nice things Ari goes out her way to do for you and you don't even try to help or mm-hmm. match it. And you watch yep. that and I try not to point it out to make them feel bad, but I try to point it out for them to be accountable. Yeah, absolutely. For the help. Of course. You want them you want them to to, to, to have the you know, the, the, the gratitude for what was given and then yes. sharing it back in return. But they're, but you know, they're, they're kids. So right. they, they don't see that. And, you know, it's kind of, I'm not, I, you know, I'm definitely not a parenting expert. I only know what I've encountered, but mm-hmm. what I found through a lot of the books that we read together is that it gives them little things to think about in the back of their mind the next time they're encountering those situations. Cause in the moment they just, they're, they're not really in tune to it. Yeah. And and so, so this is the first book in the the Mighty Mood series. There's going to be more big feelings <laughs> to explore in the next in the next coming books with different characters and different different creatures. Um, but I really just I, I I wanted to share that 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 joy in the chaos of parenting, mm-hmm. and and like you know just share what my experience has effectively been and. You know, if it resonates with parents, hopefully it helps them grow together with their kids too. That's you know. Yes. Then then I've done then I've done my job. <laughs> right. Make it relatable for everybody. Yeah. So when you um got to a point where you have like close to finishing of the book, mm-hmm. did your sons play like an approval role in let me test out uh-huh. how you like the story? You know, it's funny because so they were somewhat so I so I started I finished I wrote the manuscript in 2020 okay. and we're in 2023. So they were not they were not at an age yet five and three to my three year old definitely didn't have any under like, you know, he would he would listen to stuff, but he'd be wandering around. Yeah, my five year old understood. He knew that mommy was an author. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we were editing the book when I so 2020 was also when I found my agent who's phenomenal and lovely and she mm-hmm. she believed in the yeti book before <laughs> before good. anyone else did that's good and so as it was going through a lot of revisions i would read stuff to matthew and he would have comments and he would have feedback mm-hmm. and i showed him the sketches as it was coming along i'm trying to remember if there was anything in specific that matthew said i you know it's funny i can't remember i can't remember if there were any specific words there might have been maybe like uh, I thundered toward my classroom with a bonky Yeti beat. Stand back, I word, make room, give way. There's a Yeti in my feet. Yeah. Bonky was one of their words. 
this road's a little bonky. Like, <laughs> right, right. So some, yeah, there's, there was stuff he, he would read it along with me. It was cute. Now, now that he's eight, he wants to go to like, um, I was just in Chicago for ALA presenting it to the librarians yeah. and he's like, well, why don't I get to go? I'm right. the Yeti. I'm the Yeti. I should go. And right. I'm, like, well. I'm the main character. Bring me. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. When I have uh, different projects or let's say if I'm doing a write-up for an episode, you know, my oldest, Anya, she might see me. Well, what's that about? Mm-hmm. Well, well, can I read it? And sometimes, yeah, she can read it. But sometimes I'm just like, Anya, this is not for costume. This, this is for a different podcast and you cannot read this. <laughs> and now it's like both of them because Ari is like, she, she's reading and she wants to read everything. I'm just like, Ari, stop reading my text messages. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Ari is like the creator of different words. Like mm-hmm. um, for her, her favorite thing is like when she sees me getting dressed and she's like, oh, just give me a hug. I just like your body is so chuggly. And I'm just like, Ari, what is chuggly? She was like, it's like. <laughs> It's like chubby and soft, and I just want to touch it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you said chuggly to another kid, maybe it might click. Maybe it might be really funny. And it's so yeah. funny that kids just have these words uh-huh. trying, to, trying to mesh them together to make sense for them. But it can make sense for you. And so I feel like you do get, like, the best, funniest things from kids. Mm-hmm. But I also hate that. <laughs> Anya also catches me like if one of them are doing something that they shouldn't do Anya catches me in my mid laugh but she also catches me with don't do that <laughs> and so Anya be like well if she's not supposed to do that why are you laughing I'm just yes. like no I know mind your business <laughs> mind your business I'm trying to correct her but it is slightly funny Oh, it's so it's oh it's 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 challenging because they 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 hear stuff like you know in the in the now now the boys are older like someone like you know the the, the mighty mood series I'm trying to keep back to that that sweet innocent chaotic time yes. of preschool. <laughs> now now they hear so much in the in like the video, even if it's just like in Minecraft or in the Mario movie. Um, we went to go see it, and there's like this nihilistic uh, little blue star trapped in a cage who's like the only escape is the sweet release of death. <laughs> And so my older son like repeated that and yeah. was told he couldn't say that. And I'm, he's like, why? It it was funny in the movie. Yes. And I'm like, because that was a cartoon star. Right. You were a real person. Right. And it sounds like you were, you have like a real dark side. <laughs> and, and, and Anya does that too. Like, oh my gosh. I do. I have to get her a cup of water. I hate my life so much. So, yep. Really? Really? Is not, that you're not there yet. <laughs> exactly. I said, you don't have enough life to hate. Okay. So um, one of my questions for you mm-hmm. is, what are some of your favorite children's books that you maybe grew up on? That I grew up on? Yeah. Um, or okay. not. It could be current too. I mean, currently the the ones that I love with the boys, um, we read Dan Santat. Uh, he we've got um, the the the, uh, the Beagle book, um, the 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 Invisible Friend. I, it's I, I just I think it's just called Beagle. Um, yeah, it's just so it's so beautifully drawn, uh, and it's just so it's so soothing to read along with them. So I like 
I like that one. They nice. like, I also like, um, I found Sophia Blackhall, I think it is, just did a book called The Farmhouse. Mm-hmm. It's so, I like the ones with the beautiful illustrations and the like poignant words, like, you know, all very lyrical and very, uh, po- like, you know, poetic. Mm-hmm. They tend to gravitate towards, um, they, they love humor. So they, yes. My little guy loves Mo Willems. Uh, there's like this Leonardo the monster mm-hmm. or Leonardo the bad monster. Mo, Mo Willems is a favorite here. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, so they're, they have gone beyond the preschool stage. So, so Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants is in, in Dogman is in full, full swing. <laughs> That's there's, funny. There is so much, there is so much potty humor <laughs> flying around, but it's, it, but it's great. They love it and they yeah. draw their own comics because of it. And it's so, it's, it's really cool to see how inspired they are by the, by, by those sorts of stories, the ones that they resonate with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think me, my favorite books as a kid growing up. I mean, if it's like, if it was picture books, I remember loving, um, uh, one morning in Maine. It's mm-hmm. fascinating to go back and see, how much longer picture books could be back then? Yes. Like Madeline, like. Yeah. Well, but that, and like one morning in Maine, I think it's something like 10,000 words, but it's a picture book. Yeah. And so as you're reading it, you see your kids start to fall asleep, but I'm still reading because I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, what was the other one that I really loved? There was, um, Oh, I'm, I'm blank. It was, had, had rabbits in it. Oh, there is one, there's one really cute one, but this is just so, I loved the Francis books when I was a kid. That's I remember dating. those. That's dating myself quite a bit. I remember those. Um, there was one, um, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering them, but I can't remember all the names, but there was this one called the, it's like the, the, the bunny, the bunny's in trouble, the soccer bunny or something. Um, was it, fur- did it have like some type of furry? No, okay. it was, it's this one, my, my, my younger son brought it home from preschool at one point because they mm. read it in school and it's, um. Now I want to like look it up. It's like this 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 rabbit who always wants to play soccer and not decorate the eggs, and he gets caught. And I remember as a kid being afraid that he was going to get eaten. And <laughs> and so when Luke brought the book home, I'm like, oh, I know that book. <laughs> okay, um, so um, for me, yeah, my kids don't care about the books I liked. Like no. when I tried to um, introduce them to like the poem books that I felt like were cool, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, okay, like poem, but like Shel Silverstein and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the book that I remember reading when I was like in second grade was No More Monsters for Me. Okay. By Peggy Parrish, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just because the story was good; it was like visually. I don't need to see the cover of the book anymore because it's embedded, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And and a lot of times the old cartoons, what inspired kids to be creative now, even as adults, were seeing the cartoons repe- mm-hmm. repeatedly or seeing the book repeatedly and then making them want to go draw or making them want to yep. make their own comics. And so a lot of times when I think back of the books I liked and when, why I liked them, yeah, I want to share like my old books with them, but I want to see what they like and then later on remember it and see what they end up doing because mm-hmm. that's where all the inspiration comes from. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really good. <laughs> you know, another one that I read with my uh my older son, um this I was older already when I read it, but uh, I lo- I liked the Bailey School Kids series a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever ends. So I read him 
I read with him quite a few of those. And the, the first ones as I'm reading, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how good these were. And I read him, and I read him um, Mary Downing Hahn's Wait Till Helen Comes because that was like one of my, my favorite like ghost stories. He's, and it's like, he's eight. He's probably too young for some of the concepts of like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in there. But, right. you know, we did it. And then like yeah. I, I, the next vacation, he's like, I want to go to the cemetery and look for ghosts. I'm like, oh. You know what? My oldest. What ever, have I done? Ever since she was two, she was every time you drive past, she was like, "Mom, look at those drips." I'm just like, Uh-oh. "What are you talking about? The drips over there?" She calls graves drips because they look like a drop of water. I guess, and I'm just like, "Okay," and I'm just like, "Let me speed up because they're not called drips." But I, I mean, did... she's not saying, "Look at all those people." I did try. They're waving um, at us. The Helen book, like around like Halloween. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, you want to read a Halloween book? I was like, I just found, like, the way that they were illustrated interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just like, well, go ahead and read the story. I'm just going to look at the pictures. And and that's what made me like those books. The version I have doesn't even have the illustrations because I think it's straight out of 1987. Oh, wow. That was when I was born. (laughs) I, I wasn't reading it in 1987, yeah. but, but sure, let's say. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes when you revamp those stories, it's just like, yeah. I really found this interesting. And then if my mom was here, she'd be like, well, tell her about how you wanted me to read Corduroy all the time. And you cried, oh, you, you cried every time he would get lost in the Aww. mall and Mrs. Button. I was like, you know what? You don't have to bring that up. <laughs> But, like, yeah, a lot of um, these new books, they're so interesting. Like, if I pulled out Bernstein Bears stories for them, they'd be like, what is this? They're so much longer. Again, as you're reading through, you're like, wow, this is a lot longer than... Right. Because picture books, right, like, you know, now, it's, like, submission-wise... 500 words is like, you know, mm. kind of what they consider the max. If you if you go up to 1,000, there's got to be a good reason. And it's just like, if you go back and look at the uh, the, the Berenstein Bear books, I mean, they're going on for a while. <laughs> yes, but you know what? The, but they were good. They're, they were yeah, excellent. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to think about the kids today. Their attention span is so short. I know. <laughs> that it's kind of like... Well, let's let's make sure what we feed them or what we give them is shorter, and yeah. that might be why it's a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, um, let me ask another question: Do yeah. you think children who are behind in reading can improve more with tablets reading, or do they? Do you think physical books would be best? I I mean, so I personally think it just it's whatever whatever engages the kid better whatever Mm -hmm. like you know so I know I know for my older son he just he he uses the screen a lot we introduced it early on and he had this program in a school called um not just Raz Kids but um I I guess it was Lexia but it was like it was a reading program where it starts off like you know with phonics and whatnot Mm -hmm. and then it goes into challenges of of like you know reading comprehension and he would just spend hours on it but he was reading and he was learning and if he's absorbing the information there's not really a difference between if it's on a screen versus on a page Mm -hmm. now there is a very big difference though tactilely especially for the little kids being able to physically turn the page being able to, to to feel as you're pointing to the words on there and really study the picture not with the glow of the screen. Your eyes get tired. Mm-hmm. 
but in the book they can like they can really look at it and they can feel it i mean that's important so it's like I think it, so to answer your question, kids who are, who are behind or who are looking to improve their reading skills, Mm -hmm. what I think, whatever gets them to read, whatever that's, that's the most important part. And then beyond that, um, you know, I, I I don't, I don't, you know, I kind of went into children's books because I don't see them going away anytime soon. (laughs) Exactly. So, so for me as an adult, I will say, yes, I have books I'll read on audible Mm-hmm. on a tablet but i like the smell and feel of physical books i do too i like being able to carry it and bend the page yes. corner and yeah <laughs> yes and i like to be able to see something on the page and maybe read it as a clip or take mm-hmm. a picture of it and have yeah. a conversation about it in my group chat mm-hmm. but i think it de- uh, it definitely depends on the kid because for my oldest she learned how to read through figuring out the letters on the tablet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, she, when she was three, she was spelling my name and writing her name Yep, because she figured it out on the tablet. So some kids, I think, are going to be more advanced technology-wise. Oh, yeah. But I really feel like they need balance because with my six-year-old, I'll, I'll read with her and she'll try so hard to like not use her fingers to find where she's at. Mm-hmm. But I let her know you can use your finger yeah. to follow the yeah. word until you start to find your cadence mm-hmm. when you read. And that's a muscle if your child never reads physical books that they may not connect with if you don't let them know that that's something they could do. And there's also something like, you know, there's nothing there's nothing to compare with going into a bookstore in the children's section and just seeing everything because it just so it's so it's like the scholastic book fair it's like you want it you want to get everything because it looks so exciting and fresh and cool and new and and there's that's not the same experience that you're going to get shopping on amazon Mm -hmm. especially i mean as a as a child i god forbid they they get access to my account (laughs) i have i have a funny story a super fast one that's not book related there was one time when my uh, when matthew he was probably he probably was still around five they were watching that show Wild Kratts on PBS mm-hmm. Kids. He realized he could just purchase the episodes. He was in her account. He purchased all 315. No! And we got this bill from, from Apple the next day. And we're like, buddy, what did you did you buy seasons one through eight of Wild Kratts? And so we wound up being able to get Apple to reverse the charge, but it was like a $300 bill. And it's so it's so bad now because now I think so many kids been doing it. So now Apple has like this judgment zone of okay, let's see if they'll accept to return this back to you. Yeah. Now it's like rare that they do. They're just like, oh no, sorry, you lost that money. You know, <laughs> put a code on your things and maybe they won't have access. We and had. I don't think we realized he knew the code. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, I just let my girls know like don't don't click purchase on anything i um when i put money on their ipads i do it sneakily mm-hmm. so they don't know that maybe there's 20 dollars sitting on an apple card for you to use in games mm-hmm. once i let anya find out that there was 15 dollars on an apple card roblox yep. buying 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 mom i ran out of roblox i knew you was gonna run it on that's why i didn't tell you and no i'm not giving you any more money no that's gone yeah. the amount of money people are making off of roblox 
with kids is insane. Well, because it's 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 not real. It's not exactly it's not real money. It's just a button. I can. It's kind of like the, the the meal card in college. Like you know, you just it's not real money. Like, you you don't have no recollection of who's paying for this. It's just in the air money. I need it. Yeah. I need to do this. I need to do that. As soon as I bought this, it just disappeared. Mom, I need four dollars. Do you have four dollars? No. No. I don't have four dollars. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um. I think. We're not going to go anywhere away from tablets and screens. Oh, but I hoped, I hope that libraries stick around. Like I still oh, take yeah. my kids they to the library. To. Yeah. Well, of course, because they that you reach a point, you reach so you reach a point, especially with your first, where you're 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 like they're going to be the best reader. I'm going to buy them every book hardcover. That's okay because they need the the, the good the good ones. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have all these books that they've outgrown. And you don't know what to do with them. And you're like, no, we're doing the library now. Like, I can't keep buying all. Like, I can't buy a 25 books within a chapter book series. If you read them, they're done. And sure, our little guy will read them one day. But in the meantime, I've got all these books. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, we'll just keep, got to, we're going to check them out of the library from now I on. I definitely <laughs> um, learned to recycle mm-hmm. their books. So like, once I know like, okay, you're out of the nighttime good night book. Let me take it to your old daycare and I put it in a bag. I put a note on it. Mm -hmm. I put it at the door and I said, hey, the girls grew out of these books. There's nothing wrong with them. Go ahead and use them. Same thing with their toys. Like, I don't like throwing away things I feel like other kids can use. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no. They're not getting thrown away yeah so i just like take those cost good money (laughs) right but when it comes to like because i i love bookstores i think adults if you're trying to get to know somebody the best place to go is a bookstore Mm -hmm. a nice coffee date Mm -hmm. or if if it's hot outside like it's scorching this summer take your kids to barnes and noble Mm -hmm. go into the kids section Grab some magazines or a book, stay in that section, mm-hmm. check on them periodically, make sure they're not trashing the place, mm-hmm. and get to know, like, what book they keep going back to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. mental note it, go home, go on Amazon, look for it on a price that you can afford that you're comfortable <laughs> with, and purchase it. And maybe you gift it, maybe you just have it come to the house, but that's what I do with the girls because... Books are way more expensive than they were when I was growing up. I know they are. I mean, we try to like, you know, we, cause we, we do get a lot of stuff from Amazon. If you're looking for there's a Yeti in my tummy book, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Target. You can find it on Walmart. You can find it on thrift books and you can pre-order it if you like. It should go on sale next month in August. So just keep your eyes out. And there should be another book following that in 2025. So just keep your eyes out. Check out Meredith's website. And I will put it in the show notes. We'll continue. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. 
Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com code SUPER24. But we're fortunate that we have a couple, like you know, good little little tiny bookstores nearby. And yeah. So it's not it's not all the time. But when we go in, when I see them, like you know, I'll I'll, I'll be like, all right, like you know, we'll get the first we'll get the first two here, and then the rest of the the series yes. of Amazon or the library. Because, yes. But um, yeah, it's it's a balance. It's a lot of stuff. There's mm-hmm. that there's that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio, like you know, like you know, just throw, tossing the money off the boat. <laughs> Right. from the movie and it's like spending money on myself like you can't do it spending on the kids yes but then now it's going out like, the window it's like okay if i buy it for the oldest one can the youngest one use it mm-hmm. and the good thing you have boys because if the oldest one used it and it's still in good shape let me go ahead and let the youngest one use it and yep. i do that with their books i do that with their clothes oh yeah i yeah. do that with um just like gadgets or cards that I feel like they can learn from. So it, it works out. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of yeah. balances out sometimes. <laughs> um, what's my next question? How do you know when a children's book idea is good enough to create? You know, it's, it, it's like if, in, if it comes easy, if it feels, if it feels natural to me, mm-hmm. if it just, if it just kind of flows, then then it just uh it, it almost it almost makes itself because i i've i've played around with with different ideas but when it starts to feel really forced as mm-hmm. i'm writing um then it's just not it's just not there and it's and it's the same even with my licensed work because sometimes licensors will have very specific requirements for what they like work like if you're working with a um like a, a a safety company on a specific book tying into a license like you know all yeah. oh, the 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 paw patrol pups need to talk about like you know um swimming safety or something like that you know mm-hmm. and when it doesn't feel fun <laughs> then it just it's not it's not it's not meant to be like a, a kid's book because kids want to yeah. read fun stuff like right. you know, and they can have deep they can have deep deep stuff too of course right. with meaning but so for my personal stuff I mean, the we're working on the sequel to Yeti right now. The the character is under wraps for now, <laughs> but but it will be revealed soon. Mm-hmm. And it was just really easy to write the second book in the series because I kind of knew I knew what creature I wanted. I knew where I wanted it to to end up, and I just kind of I, I just I just I don't know. That's how my brain works. I just start writing, and because I've spent so long in editorial as long as I've got it down on the paper, then I can go back and read it and be like, Oh, that doesn't sound right. And fix right. it. And it's, it's, so it's, it's easy for me. It's easier for me sometimes to fix stuff than to first create it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So like, how do I know when it's good enough? It's just, 
it just it just it just flows naturally and if i if it, if i find myself enjoying it and finding mm-hmm. joy in it then then i know that it's it's like okay this is something worth showing my agent yeah. and seeing what how she feels about it and then and then going from there <laughs> okay have you ever put out a book and it's out and you're just like i feel like i could have added this um I mean, because so much of my past work has been licensed stuff, it's a lot of it was like out of my, out of my control. Like, so I would say I've, I've written manuscripts that when they get published, I don't recognize what, because so much is taken away or added or just, or just rewritten because Mm. in licensing, you don't, in licensed publishing, you don't own it. So like any of the, any of the, like, you know, the, um, uh, like for instance, I mean, I adapt Captain. This is this is these are one of the some of the fun, really fun ones to work on. Uh, so Captain Underpants is the book series. They made girl. A, I have the list here. We have uh, Meet the Blueies Friends, Peppa yep. Pig books, Blippy, yeah, uh, yeah. Captain Blippi. Underpants, Pokemon books, mm-hmm. um, Disney Princess books, Clifford the Big Red Dog, which was a favorite of mine as a kid. <laughs> Um, spirit, Lucky's treasure, super monsters. And so, (laughs) I, you know, I figure everybody has their rules of what they want Mm -hmm. in things. So I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, but it's, it's funny because, um, like, uh, it's, we, it's weird. Like it's, it's, it's cool. And it's weird because I, so I work on like the, uh, Netflix, adapted Captain Underpants books into a television show. And then I was asked by Scholastic to adapt episodes of the television show back into a comic book. Mm. And so I'm getting screenshots from the show and then putting the word, like matching the script. Yeah. And um, so like, it's, it's so cool to be working on it, but it's not, it's certainly not, I don't own it. So with the, um, with the original work, uh, that's mine. So I think mm-hmm. I, what was your original question was, I forget. Cause I'm, I'm thinking um, when, when, when something is put out, do you ever feel like you need to add something to it? So I haven't, it's kind of like, because this is my debut original picture book. Yeah. And so there's two more coming out in this series. And then I have another book, um, coming out with penguin random house, um, titled all he learns to play chess right now. That's coming out in 2025. Okay. I like, you know, with my original work, I haven't, reached a point where I can be like, Oh man, I, I really wish I'd written this differently. And with the license stuff. Yeah. There's times where I wish that like certain lines had been left in the way that I had originally done it. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it read better, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the book, the book is there. The book is good. Right. Kids are reading all is well. So. Yes. I get that too. Don't, don't need to talk about spilt milk. Okay. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, my next question is, if you walked into a children's section of books, what do you think they need more of from authors? Children's section of books and what do they need Because there's a lot in Barnes & Noble. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, there's so many choices. I don't know if I can think of anything where it's truly underrepresented Mm -hmm. format-wise. More of... I, I I mean, there's just a lot of graphic novels right now that's obviously very popular. So there's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of those. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't I don't I, I miss I do miss what like I used to read and these and there may be a lot of these out there, but I'm just not at that stage with the boys yet. I I really loved 
the really spooky ghost stories. Not horror. Not like, not like, you know, like, like Goosebumps. Loved, I loved, I loved Goosebumps. Yes. Um, he, and that even pushed a little, a little dark. I was, I, I was huge on like, are you afraid of the dark as a kid? Like yes. That, yes. That was my favorite. And so, okay. um, I, I like that sort of stuff where it's spooky and poignant and like, you know, kind of like, you know, weirdly nostalgic in like a way. Did you watch a show called Eerie Indiana? I heard of it, but I never, I never watched it. I feel like you would like that. It wasn't, it wasn't Goosebumps, but it was like a very, um, eighties. I live in a weird town. There's something Mm -hmm. weird going on, on some X-Files, but a child version but mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, if this was a book series, I would definitely read it. I would be it so into that. But it was just a show. I, yeah. I want to say it came on Disney. If, I think so. Maybe. I'm not, I can't, I've, I've definitely heard of it, but I don't remember. I don't think it was a Nickelodeon show. No. Um, but I mean, that was what I, that was what I always went to go read when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um, I can't say that the bookstores are like, you know, are, are missing anything that I'd want to see. I, I will say that one of the fun parts as the boys are growing older mm-hmm. is being able to share certain things that I really like, like wait till Helen comes like, and now I'm trying to start, he's still a little too young, but I'm trying to start reading, <laughs> um, Sherlock Holmes. Like, you know, some, yeah. some, some of that gets a little gritty, but, yeah. um, I was huge into Sherlock Holmes as a kid. I wrote my, uh, honors thesis in college on it. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, I'm really looking forward to when I can share that with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he'll be my little Sherlock Holmes buddy. He has nice. no choice. <laughs> my favorite um, book that was very like, let me observe the people was uh, Harriet the Spy before the mm-hmm. movie came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Let me make my own journal of all of the people in my class and, and have my opinions about them. I mm-hmm. definitely remember doing that in like the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very interesting to see how your kids think mm-hmm. and how they're similar to you or their dad and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. that they definitely get that from me. Yeah. Yeah. All um, the good parts. <laughs> right. Um, this is my next question. Is it easier to see the character first, then write a full story or is it vice versa for you? No, for me, it's the story. It's always, I, I, I think in like, you know, I'll kind of like, like literally just think through different plots while I'm going around or like in the shower, I'm just like thinking through different plot lines. I, it's easier for me to think of a story arc Mm -hmm. and then, and then go back in and, um, and then, and, and like pick out what characters will help bring that to life in the best way. Um, that's, that 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 might not be i'm sure that's not true for everyone but for mm-hmm. me that's definitely i i work within like narrative structure i like i like feeling like the twist at the end and knowing and knowing yes. where knowing where i'm going and it's like it's like for me writing is like a, a puzzle it's like i was just, just about to say that i i like i like finding the right pieces in mm-hmm. and so i've i've seen questions like you know or have been asked before like how do you deal with writer's block and it's it's not to say that I don't get writer's block because, you know, of course everyone does, but it's more that to me, if I have this idea for where I want to go, it's not impossible to get there. I just have to figure out the right pieces to, to make it like, you know, to, to get there. Right. And, and then the characters for me kind of come after that. <laughs> good. Good. It's kind of like, um, having an idea 
knowing your purpose of it. And then if I wasn't me and I needed this book or I needed this thing, what would I want from it? And that's Mm -hmm. where you fill in the pieces of what you need. And then eventually you look at the whole project and just like, it's done. Yeah. Everything's (laughs) in there that you need. You're all ready to go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. There's no better, there's no better feeling when I'm like, this is, this is as good as it's going to get right now. Like there's nothing else that I, if I start playing with it, it's just moving one piece here and then back again. I love sent, I love sending stuff off. I love that feeling of completion being Mm -hmm. like, it's done. (laughs) The deadline has been met. And, and then you get caught and then you get feedback back because there's always comments and edits and stuff, but at least then it's working towards something where it's like a more defined goal Mm -hmm. for what someone else, better ideas or different ways or questions, questions you didn't think of. But, um, over the years, especially having been on the editorial side and now being on the writing side, I've grown very accustomed to the collaboration effort or Mm -hmm. uh, model because, I remember as a kid when I would get feedback on creative writing that I'd done, I'd be like, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Everything this, I wrote is. This is my idea. This, this is, is how like, I want to do it. No, 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 no. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you wrote, but no, that's dumb. I'm not right. going to do that. And now I, it was like immediate bristling, like, you yeah. know, that, that like being on edge. And I really, I, I like to feel like, cause I, I'll, like when I get comments back, there's that mm-hmm. immediate, like, uh, uh, instant panic for a hot second. And then I'm like, okay, let me, let me take a deep breath and see what are they saying here? Because they're not saying this is bad. Right. <laughs> they're saying this is the questions it raised in my head. And I may completely disagree with how they want to fix it. Mm-hmm. But let me see if I can fix what they're questioning in my own way. <laughs> yeah. It reminds yeah. me of, um, of my ex used to make fun of me in college. Uh, I had this English professor that I kept putting off. I kept putting off the class. So I was like, they have to hire somebody else <laughs> to teach this class. It cannot just be her in this whole school. And I put it off as far as I could put it okay. off. And I ended up taking her class. She was one of those professors that never fully explained what she wanted. You had to like read the syllabus, get your information put it on the paper and wait for her to mark it up. And I remember this one paper, I can't remember what it was on. And I, I got into his truck and I'm just like, I was like, look at this paper, all these red marks all over my paper. And he just kept going through. Well, I, I kind of agree with her on this. I'm just like, nobody asked you. <laughs> and, and, and it's that it's just like, I did everything of what you were asking me to do. I'm not understanding why she, mark this here, mark this there, but it's really about if you, sometimes if you don't let somebody else's eyes or ears see your work, there's things about you that you're not going to hear or see Mm -hmm. because you hear how you hear and see it. Uh You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I need somebody's other eyes. Like even when I'm doing an episode, I'm just like, Anya, read this and tell me if you get it. What do you think that's about? And it's just like a little portion of it. And she was like, I think it's about X, Y, and Z. And I'd be like, okay, I'm on the right, I'm on the mm-hmm. right path, you know? Yeah. And it's that sometimes that you need as a creative. Oh, yeah. To be able to be like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, I read everything, everything that I write, uh, I read to my, even, even like, you know, I swear, even like the board books, like the, the simple, simple board books, yeah. like I'll read them to my husband. He's, he's very patient. <laughs> like he's sitting there on a conference call. I'm like, psst, okay. 
teach you something. He's like, he's like, all right, two minutes. He gets off. He's like, okay, I got five minutes before my next call. Go. Right. <laughs> so, and I'll read it quickly. And then for the for the the Yeti book and everything, like you know, I definitely read those to the boys. There's there's something very different about reading, especially for kids' books, reading it out loud. Yes. To someone else, and also just reading it out loud to yourself, how you would read it to your kids, mm-hmm. rather than if you're if you're just it's you get screen blurry, like just reading it on the screen over and over. When you read it out loud, you hear stuff that yes. you didn't you didn't notice just looking at the words. Right. Um, yeah. I try to give like the girls while they're on summer break, they go back in August, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, Anya, you're not going to do any written work today. I want you to understand these financial definitions for this. She's like, I don't understand why you want me to know what a loan is or what interest (laughs) is. She's nine. She'll be 10. You won't um, need this. Exactly. She's nine. She'll be 10 in uh, November. I'm just like, I just want you to know. So she was like, I don't think you wrote this right. You said, this is a product of, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, because you're only reading part of the sentence, read the full sentence. And she read the full sentence. She's like, okay. That makes sense. And it's that is sometimes when somebody might read your work because they don't understand pronunciation and, mm-hmm. and, and where you put commas and you're supposed to mm-hmm. pause here. They read it differently. So you just say, let me see that to make sure I didn't do mm-hmm. right. Oh, okay. And these kids are going to suffer if they don't have someone from a different generation really check them on their grammar. Because yeah. they're so used to just saying, LOL. Sir, I can't even say the words S I R I. What is Ser- X Y Z? Seriously, and they they don't know where to put the question mark. They don't know where to put the comma. Mm-hmm. And those pauses are super important. And I loved and hated being in English class in school because when we were reading Mark Twain books, I was in full character of whatever you were reading and everybody in class hated it they was like oh Chantal like come on and I'm just like no you you have to read it like this and so because my teacher at the time he knew everybody hated having to be in character when they he would do like the popcorn read to make sure you're on task Mm -hmm. he was like all right I want you guys to write a paper adding a chapter to this Mark Twain book but in character Mm-hmm. So you had to write like how he was writing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the chapter that I wrote, I wish I still had it. I was in full character mode. He was like, perfection. <laughs> if, if, if they could have threw tomatoes at me, they would have ch- threw tomatoes. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> stand her. <laughs> but it's, it's oh, that. Funny. When I read to the girls, I am in full character. Mm-hmm. The voices Oh, there's what they get mad at me when I can't recreate voices that I've done in the past. And, and I, I read, Harry, lower your expectations, please. I read the original Harry Potter, or the original, the first, uh, the first three Harry Potters to, to, to Matthew. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, you know, Hagrid's voice changed over time just because right. like, I couldn't remember how I originally did it. Right. And I can't, I can't do a British accent to save my life. So mm-hmm. like the main characters are for when I'm reading to them, the main characters are usually always just my normal voice. And then the, the quirky ones mm-hmm. are the one, uh, there's the, um, we read this series called bots. I don't know if the girls have ever seen the bots series. I've seen it. And, um, oh, I think cool. Anya watches it sometimes. No, no, this one's not the bots. It's, it's by Simon and Schuster. It's like an early chapter, but, oh. but it's, um, 
but it's uh so the robots are like you know joe bot what are you doing and then and there's this little evil bot and she's like like you know joe and robot i'm going to destroy you and then <laughs> and anya then, does that she talks into this place it's just like anya please please stop <laughs> but they get mad at me if i don't get the voice right and i'm like buddy i, I don't remember how i did it <laughs> right but oh, it, it, it's good for them to um learn that like it's okay to be animated oh yeah at certain times okay not during <laughs> class on monday early morning when your teacher is trying to get 24 of you guys on the same page but mm-hmm. yeah it's super <laughs> important that's fun um What's another question? If this story had another ending for this book, mm-hmm. okay, the Yeti in your tummy, yeah, what ending would you have given it? So I had, I actually had a different life lesson than what the mom shares at the end, uh, mm-hmm. or originally in an earlier stage of the manuscript. Um, so I think the so the ending line goes right now. Uh, hold on, I don't want to I don't want to get it wrong because I, I have it memorized. But um, there's nothing wrong with feeling strong. Like there's a yeti in your heart. Just use his strength for good things. That's the most important part. Um, originally, I had it written as like you know. Um, uh, so I originally I had it as like you know I understand my mommy smiled a yeti's big it's true but let me share a little secret you're a big guy too. Originally, it said, there's nothing wrong with feeling strong. Like, there's a Yeti in your heart. Just know that we love, but we love you just as you are, each and every part. Mm. And the original message that I was trying to convey, which was what I was going through with my son at the time, was that he wanted to feel big and he wanted to feel strong. And I wanted to convey to him, I love you just the way you are. Like, you don't need to do these big, wild antics in Mm -hmm. order to impress me because you're perfect just the way you are and it was a different message that I went back and forth with my agent a lot on because Mm -hmm. it was a good message but at the same time she was like well is the mom saying that the yeti should go away and I'm like well it's 10 o'clock at night and I want him to go to bed yeah the yeti should go away (laughs) wrap it up (laughs) and she's like well let's take a step back she's like if the Yeti is part of him, shouldn't the mom be helping encourage him to like, you know, try and use it towards something like, you know, positive. And that's where we got to the message where it's like, you know, just use his strength for good things. And it's, and it's easier said than done. It's easier to say in a book Mm -hmm. than it is in the moment because you can tell your kid at bedtime, just, Oh, just use his strength for good things. But then he's still roaring. And it's like, just go to sleep. (laughs) Right. Um, so, and, and I, I liked, I, I did, like the original message because it was what we were living at the time Mm -hmm. but when I took a step back and heard what she was saying and like you know like just general feedback we were getting um I I was like no she's right this needs to be more productive Mm -hmm. he needs to be learning a message because that's what the kids when they're reading are going to take away even though it didn't match what was happening in real life right that's what we uh, event like makes makes the most impact for a child to take away from this book. Um, so yeah, so that was the ending was always I had the first stanza written the last stanza written out before anything else. Um, uh, I smiled and said, I promise I tried my best, I swear, but early the next morning there was a yeti in my hair. <laughs> mm. that was that was the first thing that I had pictured okay. and and uh, so that never that never changed. <laughs> 
I like it. I like yeah. it. I think either way they would have worked, but I think sometimes when parents may say things or kids may hear things. Mm-hmm. If you don't come back and really explain why you said that thing, they might walk away thinking you meant something else. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like the ending that you picked really explained it so there's understanding. I, I do too. Like I, yeah. I I love everything about, and I'm very proud to be able to say that I love everything about the way that it turned out. We, I was so lucky that um, this book found a home with For You To Be, um, mm-hmm. because the editor, the the whole, the whole team there is just phenomenal. Like mm. they're so, they're so enthusiastic and they're just so good. But the editor, when he read the manuscript, he was like, I, I get this. I, I love this. And it, there's, you know, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not going to front. Like when you hear that someone loves your work and it resonates with you, you're mm-hmm. like, you trust them. Right. And you trust them to be asking you to make changes that are for the best for the book. Right. And, um, so yeah, I, I can't, I can't say enough good things that about them, but I'm also just very grateful and very lucky that that's, uh, you know, their Yeti's home is with, is with them. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so this is like a little personal question. If one of your sons grew up and they said, Mom, I think I want to write books Mm -hmm. just like you, what are like some um, pre-to-do tasks or projects that you would give them a recommendation to do to see if that's something they really want to pursue? I mean, I would, if I, if I was being like, you know, if I'm being a thousand percent honest Mm -hmm. and it's like, if they wanted, if they wanted to write, I'd be like, you write for your passion and you build that up over time, but you have your core, your core job, whatever that may be. It can be, it can be within writing. And that's how I did it. I had a a job within the writing career as an Mm -hmm. editor, but it is, it's just, it's, it's beyond hard to to just like become an author yeah not because not people have great ideas every day there's so much work out there that probably should be published that could be bestsellers that Mm -hmm. kids would love but a lot comes so much everything comes down a lot comes down to luck finding Mm -hmm. the right finding the right editor that's going to take a chance on you you can self-publish, but it doesn't mean anyone's going to actually, everyone's going to see your, your, your work. Right. Sometimes they do. And that's great. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like being an actor. It's like, if you want to be an actor, you don't get to star in a blockbuster film, your first shot, right. you, you build up a career. And so being an author is no different. You have to build up a career, but, um, I think there's this like misconception, uh, at least, you know, I, 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 I was under, I operated under the same misconception. I'm like, oh, I can I can just do this. I can I can I have this great idea when I was a kid when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. I can if I find an editor, I'm just going to show them my book and they're going to love it and they're going to sell it and then I'll write more. Yeah, it takes time. And while that's happening, there's bills. <laughs> Right. And there's life. Right. And so you need most of the authors that I know are not just primarily authors unless they've already been working at it for a long time and have made it big. Um, so when I say big, like you have made it where it's sustainable. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would tell them to have a job, like, you know, find, find an industry that they feel satisfied working in 
and right on the side and then grow it that way. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Because a lot of these kids, they grow up and they're just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make a lot of money. And the way that work is going, you're not going to do just one thing and make a lot of money right out the gate. You're going to have to snowball it. Everything, every, every step, you know, cause I, I look back on everything. I'm, I'm very happy with, with my, you know, my, my career right now. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a lot of stuff, a lot of work that I did along the way that wasn't in tandem with this, but things, even things that I'm using, like, you know, I worked in publicity for Harper Collins for a mm-hmm. while. I never had great aspirations to be a book publicist, but I found, I, I, I liked to try and find the right. fun and the joy and the challenge in it. And you wind up using bits and pieces of things from every stage of your life that you didn't even realize in order to, in, like, you just, you just pull from that while you're doing what you love. So mm-hmm. when I'm working on these books, I know the publicity side because I lived it. Right. I know the editorial side because I lived it and everyone's experience is different. But when they say like, write what you know, you just naturally draw from your other experiences to create new work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I've never been the type where I could be like, I, you know, I'm just going to write the, for the next two months, I'm going to write the next great American novel. I, <laughs> I can't sit still long enough. (laughs) Yeah. But I think people have to learn, like, the reason why you work different jobs and you learn skills and you know when you learned everything you need to know here and you need to do something different, you don't trash your skills. You take your skills with you. you use them. Yeah. Right. And I feel (laughs) like you working in different sectors of being able to give your work to the public really helps you have the patience and your personal time like oh I need to do this I need to do that and know how to prioritize what Mm -hmm. you need to do to get something out because you know the process behind this part you know the process behind this part you know how this person is going to get this after I deliver it how Mm -hmm. much time I need to give them when I need to get back to them and it helps you it's kind of like um you know, someone says, you know what, I want you to work for my company. I want you to be the manager over the store. And you've never worked in a store before. You don't know how the front end works. You don't right. know operations. Like, you're not going to be good at this. You know? <laughs> it, take, it takes it takes time. I guess that would be my other, my other point of advice because there's... Uh, I, you know, a lot of people think that it just, it just happens overnight. My, mm-hmm. my experience is that it took, it took a long time. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't help comparing myself a lot of times to authors who are younger than me, who have already made it so much further because, you know, I'm like, what did I do wrong? But I'm like, that just wasn't my path. Like it just. Or social media, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know right? <laughs> a lot of how younger people get so far ahead now is the fact that they don't have to leave their house to reach the public. They don't have to do the footwork. They don't have to do the network to reach the public. The, the public just comes to them in this one sector and then it's like, bam, 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 bam. So my sons watch this guy. God bless him because, I mean, he's more successful. Than do not guy. say who I think you're going to say. Well, his name is Preston and he does Minecraft videos. I'm not sure. There's so many okay. of them. I thought you was going to say Mr. Beast because that's all no. my nine-year-old... 
no. I'm just like, girl. No, I can't. Like, this guy is like, I I think he's like a multi-millionaire. And he Mm -hmm. just, he he does these videos playing Minecraft. He is extraordinarily charismatic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, when the boys are playing too many video games, we're like, okay, you need to practice some of the other things that we've signed you up for. You need to do your homework because you're not going to play video games for a living. And my brother walks by. He's like, are you sure about that? Because he, they could be making a lot of money, and I'm like, <laughs> I right. mean, you know, like may, maybe, but you know, that yeah. <laughs> let's make let's make them well rounded, and if they, hey, if they're if they're if one day they're they're making those videos and a ton of money, like you know, then, yeah. then maybe it's, not when they're not. It's kind of like yet. you know, if my daughters are great at soccer. I don't want them to throw their life into just soccer. I want them to know that this also exists. Yeah. This is also a path you could take when you're tired of soccer one day. And yeah. that's the whole thing about the kids of today. They have tunnel vision. Once they see someone else do something and they think, I'm going to do exactly what they did and end up exactly how they end up. And that's not reality. And a lot of times, I think parents teeter-totter on... I don't want to get in the way of them doing something that they love, but I also don't want to allow them to think how they assume life is going to work in their head. Mm-hmm. That that's how life works because it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. That, and I really feel like that's how you have a lot of people, you know, working in places where they're miserable, knowing this is not what I wanted to do, but I also didn't make time mm-hmm. to do what I love to do just a little bit to nurture that. So now I'm extremely frustrated and I'm taking it out on everybody and it shows up so many places. So yeah, I definitely feel like giving your kids like the real on great. I love the fact that you want to do this thing. Well, we're going to start here Yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Encouraging them where you see spark and where you see passion but not, but yeah, I mean, and like, look, I might, the boys, the boys are still only eight and six. I mean, talk to me in 10 years, yeah. <laughs> talk to me in 20. I don't, I don't know, but we, we, you know, it's nice, it's nice to encourage. They keep, they always ask us, what's my job? The, my little one, especially what's my job. And I'm like, your job is to learn right mm-hmm. now. Your job is just to learn as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um, it's, it's a fun age right now. I try to think of some of that other stuff as being a problem for future Meredith. <laughs> Yeah, I just like, you know, the way the the kids today are growing up, they're, they're not outside from 9 a.m. to like 6 p.m. with no parental supervision like we were. And now I'm just like, I would never let the girls go in the front of the house and ride their bikes without me being in the driveway, sitting in a chair, watching them go up and down the street. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's different. And sometimes it's kind of like, I want them to be able to be in spaces and know what to do without me like hovering. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But at the yeah. same time, I know too much of what's yeah. going on out here to leave that space for the world to see them mm-hmm. figure things out. So yeah, it's definitely a uh, give and take. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is a fun one. Can you recommend three books of yours to our little readers if they like There's a Yeti in My Tummy? Three books that, well, okay, so definitely, definitely the next one in the series when it comes okay. out, <laughs> but, okay. um, but we can, we can, we can take that as a given. So three other books of mine licensed, uh, 
uh, a lot of my, my picture books. So I've got, um, I've got a couple of other licensed picture books that I've done that I'm really proud of. I've got, um, uh, one called sweet dreams, Jack, Jack, Okay. which was from the Incredibles movie. And it was about Mr. Incredible being on his own, trying to put Jack Jack down for sleep, not knowing he had superpowers yet. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got, let me think, I'm looking at my books. Um, I mean, I've done quite a few. I, I think uh, one of, so I've got two other books, but I, I'll just put them in the same category. There's Silenzio Bruno, which was based on the movie Luca. Okay. And um, that's a really cute one. That's about finding uh, your, your, your inner voice to tell, to tell your inner doubt to go away by saying silencio Bruno, Bruno is the self doubt. Okay. And it's got like lift the gate folds, like, you know, where the kid is shouting silencio Bruno and it's very cute. Cool. Um, and then let me think what, uh, what are the one? Okay. Cause Yeti is going to be, is like for preschool up through like f- first grade. It's really, that's the sweet spot. I mean, of course, you know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe some older kids will read it too. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, look, the the Bluey tabbed board book that's coming out is is much younger, but it, Bluey is just fun in general. I love, we love Bluey in this household. The boys are, are getting a little old for it, but we still watch it. Like me and okay. my husband, like we'll watch it. Uh, yeah, I think th- those would be, those would be my, my, my three, like the, the, the two picture books and then the, the Bluey one. That's okay. com- the Bluey one isn't out yet. That's coming out in October. <laughs> Perfect. So can you tell people where they can get the book, where to find you? And I hope when the new book comes out, we can have you back on here. So you can tell us about the feedback you're getting from it. That would be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, so Yeti, there's a Yeti in my tummy goes on sale August 29th. And I'm so excited. And um, it's going to be available on Amazon. It's available on Amazon for pre-order right now. Okay. Um, Barnes & Noble, uh, barnesandnoble.com. And then it'll be available, of course, in any bookseller where fine books are sold. (laughs) And um, I can be found. So I'm on Instagram. Uh, if you follow me at Meredith Rusu Writes, so it's M E R E D I T H R U S U and then Writes, mm-hmm. um, I'm posting fun, fun behind the scenes look about the making of There's a Yeti in My Tummy, the illustration process, the book trailers. There's going to be sneak peeks of the new characters as we as we release them and announce them, mm-hmm. and um, and then of course, like you know, uh, uh, any of my other licensed work as it's coming out, there's going to be announcements on that too. And then just my musings on motherhood and karaoke because I really like karaoke. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I'm not good at it, but I love it. Yes. And well, I might think that I'm good at it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, you can also find me on my website, which is MeredithRusu.com. Um, and I've got the whole list of all my books and links to where you can buy them and lots of other fun tidbits about just who I am, my writing process. And, um, there's going to be coloring and activity pages for the the Yeti book going up soon. So that's, that's where you can find me. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. I'll definitely be dropping like the links in the show notes and I will let you know when I put this out for you. Thanks for checking out the show. Don't forget to leave a review. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you.